Amen. God is good. Don't you love His presence? Worshiping together, singing, and our own words and words that are written on the screen, just worshiping God. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. He is here. And uh, of course, we're starting out the Christmas season. Do you know that from today, you have exactly one month till Christmas? Today's November the 25th. December the 25th, exactly one month. No need for panic to set in. Um, if you haven't done your shopping like me, <laughs> there's plenty of time, so lots of time coming up. Hey, I want to quickly thank uh, those who were involved with the Christmas decorating around here. It's a big change from last Sunday, huh? So Melody and Gail kind of led the project, so thank them for, for leading this. And then they had a few little elves who helped them. Uh, Mike being one of them, who's homesick. I just heard that he was sick today, Mike Hillman. But Jennifer helped out. Mike, I think Neely helped out a little bit. Uh, Neely did not help out at all. She was here for moral support one night. She came one night for moral support. I think it was Friday night. Uh, she came for moral support. But hey, thanks for being here, Neely. Anyway, so um, and then Kama uh, also came and helped out. I think that covers everybody. But uh, man, it's it's just it's beautiful. And so. Um, you know, Melody is just a little Miss Creativity, and so the whole theme is peppermint forest. Do you see it? Peppermint, so anyway, Christmas, it's beautiful. Peppermint forest, that's what I said, right? Yeah. You did what? Yeah, my son, he's just like his father. Well, today, here's what we're going to do. He is, I can't deny it. I want to tell you what we're up to. Uh, we're starting a new series today, one that I'm especially excited about because it's our Christmas series. And it's our coming Savior. And so we're going to take the next, from now until Christmas Eve, Eve. Jake Klein told me it's not Christmas Eve, Eve. It should actually be Christmas Adam. <laughs> Got it? Christmas Adam and then Christmas Eve. Uh, so but up until the 23rd, that's your grandson, Miss Vicki. Up until uh, the 23rd of December, um, we're going to be going through this Our Coming Savior. And each week, we're going to study different people that, that led up to this whole idea of Jesus coming. And today, what we're going to start out with, like, for, for example, we're going to start out today with Elizabeth and Zechariah and John and what their names mean. So each week, we're also going to have a little bit of a skit that goes along with it. Uh, next week, our toddlers are going to open up the service with Little Drummer Boy. I mean, so you got to come, moms and dads of toddlers, you got to come with your video cameras, of course. Uh, one of the weeks, we're going to have our youth that does a skit as well. And um, we'll have a song, Priscilla. You guys know Priscilla. She'll be singing one Sunday. She sounds like a Disney princess. If you can't make the connection, that's her. Uh, so she'll be singing a Christmas song. So each week, we're going to have something different. But every week, we're going to have a skit that kind of helps out with the, uh, with the sermon. And so instead of taking one particular Sunday to do an all-day you know, all, all service skit, we're spreading it out to kind of help tell the story. So today we start with Elizabeth and Zechariah. Hey, Zechariah, how was things at the temple? What do you mean you can't speak? Put that down, Zechariah. You went to the temple to burn incense, and now you can't speak?
Because you doubted? What does that even mean? You doubted what an angel told you. All right, an angel. Now it's all making sense. Are you feeling okay? Maybe you should have a seat. I should have a seat? I don't know what game you're playing, Zechariah, but it is not funny. It's not funny. An angel of the Lord told you this? The angel told me that our prayers have been heard, that you, my love, will bear a son, (laughs) that we will be filled with joy and gladness, and that many will rejoice at his birth. He will be like Elijah. He will prepare our people for the Lord. I'm too old to be a mother and you can't even speak (laughs) you can't speak until he's born that actually might work pretty well for me (laughs) I can't A little boy. We will call him Zechariah, yes? John? We're going to dismiss our children at this time uh, as we get ready to go into our story, our, our, our sermon today. They're going to go back and they're going to hear from Miss Jen and all the great... Can we give our kids a hand as they're leaving? Man, there's a, half the congregation leaving. I got to tell you something. Man, that's a lot of kids leaving. Oh my word. We just opened up half the auditorium in here. So... I am so thankful for what is happening with our children's ministry. Let me just, I was up here and whoever else was up here um, during, during praise and worship could probably see it pretty good, Miss Vicki. These kids were lifting their hands and worshiping God today. Amen. I saw Nate, I saw a couple of your kids back there, uh, just all of them just around. The, they're being taught this. What is worship before the Lord? The Bible says to lift your hands, to sing out. And uh, so for those of you who help out with our children's ministry, thank you so much. Kids ministry. Children sounds like the even younger ones, and I don't want them to feel like, well, we're not children, we're kids. I don't know if it sounds any better, but man, wow. 
just to see them. So I know you guys serve back there with the kids. Thank you so much. So um, it's, it's good. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we just saw, and we're going to bring this out from the Word of God today. Uh, turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 1. And we'll be mainly in Luke chapter 1 today. We'll do a little bit of moving around in Luke chapter 1. We'll start at the end and come back uh, to the beginning. Um, But what we saw here was the end of this skit was the pronouncement of a name. Now, there's a lot of power in in our names. If you'll remember... when, when we just saw this, there was a reason that I had, you know, John put up there. Actually, it was Mike's idea. And as I began to think about that, the, the significance of his name going up at the end. When names have power, um, and you'll see that throughout the Bible, uh, every time we dedicate a baby here at Abundant Life, what do we normally do? We have a name that is given. Stasha will research what that name means, and Stasha will not only bring the, where that name came from, Germany, England, Scottish, whatever the roots of that particular name is, but she'll give the meaning of that name as well as the biblical meaning of that name, and she'll have a scripture that goes along, uh, along with it. So I have a question I want to ask you today. How many of you know what your name means? If you know what your name, what does your name mean, Dean? Valley. 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 Queen. Queen. I hear you, Miss B. Beatrice. <laughs> Queen. We found out today that um, Sarah's already gone, but Sarah's name means princess, and Sonny's, oh, well, of course it is. You know, Sonny's the baby of the family, and so <laughs> that was funny. How many, <laughs> who, <laughs> who else, you know what your name means? Follower of Christ. Follower of Christ. Mary means blessed. Who? Gretchen, you raised your hand. Oh, hey, Gretchen. Pearl? There you go. Your pearl. So who else you know what your name means? Mr. Stowe, uh, you missed it first service because you were out with the Gideons, but Nathan spoke up and said favorite child. (laughs) That's what he said. Anybody else know what you know what your name means? Anybody? If you want to know what your name means, you can ask Stasha. She'll be happy to, to look that up. Why is it so important of what's in a name. Well, let's get to that today. What we're going to do is, from the three people that were in this story, we have Zechariah, we have Elizabeth, and we have John. We're going to find out what their names mean and how it not only reflects who they were, but the name reflected the character of God as well. And so that's what we're going to look at today as I've had you open up to to Luke here. Um, And so we're going to see the importance of these names. I had you open up to Luke 1. Let's start with verse 57, and then we're going to come back to verse 5 in just a few moments, okay? But let's start out in verse 57, and we're going to pick up where this story uh, was left off with, with the skits here. It says, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they came for uh, the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They all exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. See, God had picked out the name for John because John, as we have studied in the Bible, we know that he was a very important person. He was the one who was making the way for and proclaiming the way for his cousin, who would be Jesus, who would be coming uh, a little bit after him. But he was preparing the way for the Lord. And so let's get into this. As we recount this story, 
we see the significance of the names of Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John, and how that will reflect the character of God. So let's get right into it with the first one. Let's talk about Zechariah for a moment. The name Zechariah means God remembers. God remembers. And I had you to turn, uh, I told you we're going to be backing up to verse 5, so let's do that. Uh, Verse 5 of Luke chapter 1, it says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations, but they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. And so I appreciate uh, Mike and Christine playing this part, even though they're not very old. So thank you for playing that part today. Absolutely. I have learned my lesson well. My mom taught me right. So I did say that with a straight face, Mike. (laughs) Zechariah and Elizabeth were both, as we just read, from families of priests. We want to see what that's that's, uh, significant here in just a moment. Priests were held in high esteem in biblical temple. They would uh, present, they were messengers of the Lord. They heard the voice of God. They would go to the temple. They would uh, present the offerings. They would burn incense. So people looked upon them uh, really favorably. But it was a double honor for a priest to marry someone from a priestly family. So that didn't always happen. So the son of a priest married the daughter of a priest. And so they were considered doubly blessed just because of their... Uh, Nathan is working on a, on a horse farm now, and so I get to go out there occasionally, and I'll get to play around with the horses when I drop him off or whatever. And I'm learning something, that a horse is more valuable when they have a line, you know, the, the, the stud, whenever he's won championships and all this kind of stuff. Well, the mother, the same thing. Well, when you get that baby who was born, he can be worth a lot of money. Now, I'm not comparing Elizabeth and Zechariah to horses. I'm just talking about a line, and that's how you can equate that to. I know we have several folks who work with horses in here. Kind of the same thing. They came from this line Think about Stasha's guide dog for a moment. You guys have seen West uh, around here. We all love him. West is a great dog. Well, the same thing with him. They do not accept dogs at her guide dog school. In other words, if, if Dwayne and Malou had a black lab and they said, you know what, we want this dog to serve someone who needs a guide dog. The particular school that she got it from would not accept their dog because they don't know the bloodline. So, because West, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty stately dog. He comes from the other side, of the, the rich side of the track, so to speak. Fortunately, you guys know the story. I don't want to get into all this, but uh, it was a gift to my wife because of corporate donors and all that kind of stuff. But those dogs have a marking on them for about $50,000 because of their bloodline and because of their training. Well, now let's translate this into the priestly line. Again, I don't want to compare animals to you know, humans and all of that, but you see what I'm talking about. They came from a very strong bloodline. And so they were favorably looked upon, but there was something about them that was even greater than that. They were righteous before God. That's what the Bible says. You know, you may not have come from the best bloodline, so to speak. Maybe your family history isn't the greatest family history. Maybe there's people in your family along the way you love them dearly, but they didn't please God. Things didn't happen. You know what? They were righteous before the Lord, which was more important. For us, let's live our lives as righteous before God. That's the most important thing, to see righteous before Him. Yet with all this honor from God and people, 
they were still sad and there was a stigma that was around them. It was because they couldn't have children. They were unable to have kids. And that was a social sign in this particular day that God was not blessing them or that they had sinned against God. So here you have this bloodline on both sides that everyone considers to be the top, the premier. Those guys have it together. They're righteous before the Lord. At least that's what God says, but we're not really sure because they, ha- they, they don't have children. I wonder what sin they have committed against God. Or you're carrying the guilt. What do we need to do for God to look favorably upon us? But they never had a child. Well, at this point in the story, we see that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're very old. And having a child is hopeless. Look at verse 8 with me. We're going to go through verse 13. It says, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. So what we see here as we uh, open this particular section of the scripture up there in verse 8, it says that his order was on duty that week. I want to show you how God was really setting this up. He was remembering, what was, what was it that God was remembering during this time? He was remembering the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They had prayed for a child. This sounds familiar. We're going to go back to the story in just a moment of uh, Isaac, uh, uh, Sarah and Abraham and uh, of Hannah. We'll hit those stories here in just a few moments. But these folks had prayed. They had said, God, you see the shame that is upon us. Not only that, but you see our heart's desire. I can only imagine how their prayer went. You see our heart's desire that we would love to have a child. And I want to be sensitive to this today. I know that there's been several who you've not been able to have a child on your own. You know what? God hears your prayers. God remembers your prayers. Uh, Maybe you have a prayer that you have prayed for a long time and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But you're wondering, God, do you even hear Can I assure you that God hears your prayer and he will remember those things that you bring to him. So here you have this being set up, as I just said, his order was on duty that week. Now we have to understand how the priests were set up. There were thousands of priests because the workload was pretty heavy, offering sacrifices, burning incense, all these things. It was was a very heavy load. And so it just so happens that his shift was up. How many of you do shift work? You work first shift, second shift. Well, his particular shift had come up. And so he was there at the temple. And as the story goes on, you found out he was the one selected to go in and burn incense. All this happened by chance, right? No, God had ordered this. Why? Because God heard and God was remembering the prayers and the supplications that Elizabeth and that Zechariah were lifting up. God heard his prayers, and God remembered. What prayers have you offered to the Lord that you're still waiting on? I know there's probably a lot in this room. There's got to be a lot of prayers that you're, you're still waiting. Lord, we prayed these prayers a long time ago. Maybe it's about your family, career, health issues, 
I don't know. But you're saying, God, where are you even? But through Zechariah, his name God remembers. We see the fact that God hears and God remembers. Let's look at Elizabeth. Her name means God is my oath. God is my oath. What is an oath? It's a covenant. It's, it's a promise. Although Elizabeth was now barren and old, she would soon experience the desire of her heart. I love how Christine portrayed this part of Elizabeth. You know, you could, you could see the emotion that was there once she found out. I mean, I, again, I, we weren't necessarily here at this particular story, but I, I can imagine Elizabeth being just like Christine. First of all, you've got to be joking. <laughs> You're saying we're going to have a child. I have some friends who have had uh, kids later on in life. Anybody, you had kids like later on in life? Um, there was a, a friend that I can remember at the church where Stasha and I was. This was probably 13 years ago, something like that. Uh, but he came up to me, and his name was Mike, Big Mike, good friend of mine. And he came up to me one Sunday, and at the time he was in his mid-40s. And he came up, and his eyes were as big as saucers. And he called me, when we were just kind of hanging out, he would call me, bruh. He said, bruh, I got some news. I'm like, what's going on, Mike? <sighs> Keep in mind, they have a child in high school, that's starting college, and a child that's starting high school. Okay. By the way, do you remember Casey Lowe, who used to be here as an intern? It was her parents, you know, so this was a little bit later in life. Dana's pregnant, and he was white. <laughs> he was white as he could be. Later on in life, they found out they were going to have this bundle of joy. Now, at first, they were like, you've got to be kidding me. You cannot be serious. What kind of joke are you playing on me? Uh, you know, I mean, can you imagine Mr. Stowe if Miss Vicky came and said, we're going to have a child? Can you imagine? You can imagine, right? You're living it out. <laughs> right? Babies. How old are you? And a five-month-old. God bless you. <laughs> but here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. God had, and much like your story, Dean and Rachel, God had promised. Now with them, it was fostering children. And you see God fulfill that promise. Well, here, there was, the pro, there was this oath that they were wanting God to remember. There was this prayer that they had offered, and God remembered. And so here they were, past the age of childbearing, and they got this call from an angel, and Zechariah goes and tells Elizabeth, you've got to be kidding me. But then we saw the emotion that Christine portrayed. God, you heard our prayer? Church, the Holy Spirit hears your prayers. Don't give up on praying, even if the answer is delayed in coming. God is my oath. I want to talk about Elizabeth for a moment. She was old and barren, like I said but she would soon experience the desire of her heart. I want you to talk about that word barren for a moment. I believe the New King James and the King James uses the word barren. Barren was such a horrible label to put on a woman because here's what barren meant. The word, it was the word for a land that produced nothing. So this society was putting this label on her that you don't produce anything. What a horrible label to put on somebody. 
And Elizabeth was carrying this. But Elizabeth's destiny would be wrapped up in her name, and that is God is my oath. Back at verse 13, the angel says, Your wife, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. I want to encourage you with something today. When God gives you a word, when you know the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and you know it's God, right? I have had words before that was from me that I thought, yeah, this is something I need from the Lord. But I'm talking about when you know it's a word from God, hold on to it. Even if your situation seems impossible, even if you have been waiting for years for the fulfillment of that, Elizabeth means God is my oath. Now, Elizabeth wasn't the first woman to be labeled barren, yet give birth to a son in her old age. God was in the habit of doing this. He, he, he did it a couple times in the Old Testament. I want you to write down a few scriptures. We're not going to turn to these places, uh, but I want you to write these down just to look back on this week if you'd like to. But we know the, uh, the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. We go over portions of those scriptures when we do child dedications, baby dedications here at the church, where Hannah, uh, you know, she was basically at the altar and it looked like she was murmuring and the priest thought she was drunk. And she says, no, I'm just pouring out my heart before the Lord. Um, but we, we refer to this because she was hoping for a child and God granted her request. Why is that? Because God had given her that oath. God had given her that word. She said, you will bear a son. So she held on to that. Sarah in Genesis, uh, now this is chapters 12 through 21. So you see why we're not going to read all that today. This tells the whole story. But specifically, if you'll go to Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, you'll see the story there of, of Sarah and Abraham and when they had a child as well. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who we saw portrayed today, their story is most similar to Abraham and Sarah because of the, the age that they were, how things were all coming about. But these women, Elizabeth, Hannah, and Sarah, they were all labeled as women with a womb that was dead. And in this society, it was a horrible thing because of what was associated with it. What did you do wrong to displease God? How have I not honored the Lord? But now we see miraculous life being brought forth. I love it when God calls life forth from us. Whether it be salvation, whether it be a, a word for that particular season that you are in. Man, the Holy Spirit brings life. I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit. When I get to pray in the morning and I say, God, will you lead me on this day? Right? We just finished up a whole year of talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. The person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very real, and He works through us, and He assures us of the words of God. God had promised and now was being faithful to His promise. I want you to turn, keep your hand here in Luke chapter 1, but I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 4 just for a moment, because I want to see what Paul wrote uh, to the Galatian church, and it brings in the story of these three ladies, um, Kind of, kind of their story here just for a few moments, and I want to see how it relates to us. So Galatians 4, we'll start in verse 27. We'll read verse 28 as well. Paul says this to the, the, the church there in Galatia. He said, As Isaiah said, Rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break forth into joyful shout, you, have never, you who have never been in labor. 
For the desolate woman has now more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. You see what Paul just did there? He said these ladies were waiting and they received the promise. And you're children of that. When God speaks a promise and you know it's from him, it will come to pass. We just must be patient. As Elizabeth and Zechariah, be righteous before the Lord. The way that we live, of course, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We understand that because of Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross that we are seen as righteous. But this oath that was made, God is my oath. The covenant and the oath that God made with Abraham and Sarah brought his graciousness to the people of Israel that we just read about in Galatians. Also, this oath and this covenant made with Zechariah and Elizabeth would allow all people to celebrate the advent of the Messiah, the Savior, and the Deliverer. So when God came to Zechariah and Elizabeth and he made this oath with them, that affects us here today as well. Because it was because of the promise that he made to them that they would have a son who would announce the way of salvation. This son would announce the way of a deliverer. We are in, adopted into that family, and what are we to do? We announce salvation. When we tell our story about how we were saved to people who are lost, when we have the Holy Spirit who lives within us, who empowers us for witness... That's what Paul's writing to the Galatians about here. You are heirs of that very message. You're the ones to take the gospel to those who haven't heard. What an amazing celebration. Miss Vicki was just telling me a story of her time at the hospital. Earlier this week, she was able to tell a man about, I don't believe in religion. She said, you know what? I don't like religion either, but I do have a relationship with Jesus. And he was like, really? <laughs> what do you mean? So she gave him a Bible. Well, here's what the Bible says, and here's where you can start. And at the back of the Bible, here's the way that you can make Jesus your Savior and have a relationship with Him. What a powerful testimony. How was she able to do that? The Holy Spirit living within her. How are you able to share your story? The Holy Spirit living within you. And it flows right down through this original announcement that came to Elizabeth and to Zechariah and you will have a son who will prepare a way for the Lord. Church, we have the opportunity to prepare the way for the Lord in the lives of unbelievers. Galatians 28 and specifically, well, specifically verse 28. You, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise. Let's go back to Luke chapter 1, and we'll pick up in verse 14 as we continue talking about Elizabeth. God is my oath. And we're going to read just a little bit here. We'll go through verse 22. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. See, the Bible tells us this. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit in everything. I want to be sober-minded in all that I do as I'm announcing and preparing the way for the Lord. Verse 16, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. Verse 17, he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. What was the spirit and the power that Elijah had? That was the Holy Spirit working through him. But that was Old Testament. I know that. But the Holy Spirit has been there from the beginning. 
It's who He is. He lives in us. He moves in us. He works through us. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And He will cause those who are, in, who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Man, that's a great verse, parents, grandparents. If your children have wandered away and they are rebellious, there's a scripture there. This is talking about John, you know, talking about the people of Israel. But if that same spirit that is in, was within him is also within us, and it's to tell people about Jesus and prepare the way for Jesus, he will cause those who are rebellious to accept, accept the wisdom of the godly. We pray the word of God over those who have gone away, who are wandering. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Now, I know if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this particular passage preached on before. Zechariah was a smart man. He said, I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. He was smart. He was, she's just well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Now here's the oath, the good news. The good news that was brought to Elizabeth and Zechariah. How could they be confident of this? Because of the word of the angel. He said, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. I've just come from heaven, so you can be assured of this word. It was he, it was God who sent me to bring you this good news. It is important, church, that we are in the presence of God every single day. Before you leave the house, Lord, we, we, we mentioned this last week, we preached on this. Holy Spirit, fill me today so that I can speak your words of life. We're not the angel Gabriel, but we are messengers of God. The Bible calls us ambassadors. We are His representatives. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit every single morning before we leave the house, before we get on the airplane to fly all over the nation. You never know who you're going to run into at the airport. You never know who you're going to run to on the way to the race shop. You never know who you're going to run into at the grocery store. I love it when God does that. When I have on my bum clothes, you know, or I'm working outside or whatever, and I have to run into the store for a minute, and I'll meet somebody at the store, and, you know, I've just been blowing leaves or digging a hole or something like that, and I'll run into Dwayne at the store, and, hey, Dwayne, how's it going? Hey, I want you to meet, Dwayne will have run into some, I want you to meet somebody. This is my pastor, and I'm like, yep, that's me. Yeah. You never know, but it's not important the outside, right? we got to be prepared on the inside. We must be prepared because we have a message to share. And when we have been in the presence of God, we will hear his voice. You will hear his voice every morning. Let me get back to the notes here. That was good preaching. Not, I'm not patting myself on the back. That was just a word from the Lord. Where were we, Lord? <laughs> um, here we go. Verse 19, uh, verse 20. 
But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Verse 21, Meanwhile, the people who were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the uh, sanctuary wondered why he was taking so long. When he did finally come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized that uh, from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. See, God had promised him something in there. In his meeting place with God, God promised him something. Are you not hearing from the Lord? I want to encourage you, go meet with the Lord. Have those times where you're meeting with him. Love the presence of God. Zechariah doubted. And as a result, he was mute until the promise was fulfilled. That only worked out for Elizabeth. (laughs) Here's a thought that I wrote down this morning. I come in usually early on Sundays and I'll go over my notes and Holy Spirit, is there anything you need to change? Anything you need to add? Here's what I heard him speak to me this morning about Zechariah and him being mute. Lord, may our doubts be silenced before you and faith flow from our mouth. I want to challenge you. I challenged first service this this morning. I want to challenge you too. I want you to pay attention this week to how often a word of doubt will come from your mouth. I've done that, and it's not fun. You're like, wow, I'm a horrible person. Well, you're not a horrible person, but I want us to to be aware how much does doubt come out of our mouth. Somebody gives you a compliment. Well, I don't know. Um... You can do this. I know you just applied for a new job. I think it's, I think, you know, I'm just praying that God gives it to you. Well, I don't know. I've had so many. This week, I want you to begin to silence doubt and speak forth faith. Pay attention. Put on your spiritual ears. Ask the Holy Spirit this week. Will you stop me whenever... I'm going to give permission here just for a moment, husbands and wives, because you you're tend to be close and, uh, you know, as far as that goes, or maybe you have close friends in here. When you hear your friends speak a word of doubt this week, tell them, I love you, but remember what Pastor was talking about on Sunday? Remember what the Word of God says about Zechariah? May our doubts be silenced. May our fears be silenced and faith come from our mouths. That was a powerful word the Holy Spirit shared with me this morning. Thank you for that, Lord. God's promises of God, or the promises of God uh, should be believed even when they seem slow in coming. I find that that's when I experience the most doubt and speak the most negative. Well, God, where is it? What, what's going on? God makes us wait. Things happen in God's time, not in our own. That's a hard pill to swallow. I like Burger King because they do it my way. That's an old slogan they used to have. I don't think that's their slogan anymore. Most anywhere you go, we'll fix it however you want it. But um, Yeah, I want it my way, in my time. We're working on Nathan's Camaro right now. He is working his little tail off. Uh, at the horse farm, like I said, and he's doing a really good job putting in hours, being mindful of school, all these kind of things, but he is earning money so that he can get his car running. As for his 16th birthday, I bought him a car, 
that didn't have a functioning motor, engine, or transmission. I'm a great dad, aren't I? We had this deal that, you know, Nathan, I, I, I want to help you as a, as a dad. We want to help our kids, right? But I want you to have some investment in this because I want you to appreciate it. And I think I'm a little more antsy than he is in this project. <laughs> I want it to be done yesterday because he gets his license in March. His birthday's in December. His license will come in March. I want to drive that thing before he gets it. You know, it's a Camaro. We're putting an engine in it and a transmission, and it's going to be nice. I'm ready for it to be done yesterday. But it's taking time. One, because we've we got to come up with the money. He's working very hard to get that. Um, plus, the stuff has to be done. We've got to get the engine, pull it out of a car, put it in another one. Transmission has to be rebuilt. You know, all these things have got to come into line. And it takes, it takes a while, doesn't it? We brought it home yesterday. It was at a friend's house where we pulled the motor out. And it's now sitting in my driveway. And I'm looking at that thing thinking, I could go have some fun. Right? I mean, after all, I'm a chaplain with the police department. They should give me a little bit of grace. No, I'm just kidding. Just teasing. Totally kidding. I set the example. Um, but, you know, we're learning patience. It's in God's timing, church. While we want the things now, God is saying, I'm working something in you. Right now, Nathan is learning patience. Nathan is learning hard work. He's a hard worker. I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, and, and again, this is more about me ready to have it than he is. He's doing a much better job than I am. But I'm thankful for what God works in us in the waiting season. Excuse me. What he works in us within the waiting season. Because that's where faith is built. That is where endurance is built, where patience is built. Lord, will you have your work and your way within us? God promised John means God has been gracious. Elizabeth and Zechariah, both from a priestly lineage, were about to give birth to a baby who would grow into a prophet named John and would be the gracious provision of God. God has been gracious. You saw the emotion again just from Zechariah and from Elizabeth, from uh, them as they were portraying uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. It was a gracious provision of God. John will be the fulfillment of gladness and joy for Zechariah and Elizabeth, as well as the fulfillment of prophecies uh, the Jewish people had been waiting on for centuries, for years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They were waiting on the Messiah, and John was ushering in the Messiah. They'd been waiting for this. We see, if you want to write these scriptures down, Isaiah 40, verse 3. Isaiah 40, verse 3, and Malachi 3, verse 1. Malachi 3, verse 1. The Isaiah portion says, Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight the highway through the wasteland for our God. See, this was prophesied about hundreds of years before John even came. Malachi, look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This was prophesied about. The people knew about it, and now they were seeing it come to pass. They were the first ones who saw it, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they were seeing the graciousness of God that had been prophesied about throughout all of the Old Testament. 
God was being gracious. He is gracious. John, the, prophets, the, the promised messenger, was prophesied about hundreds of years earlier. God was gracious in fulfilling that promise. God will be gracious to you. When he has spoken a word, he will be gracious to you. The significance of verse 15 It says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. I just want to go back real quick. Be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Invite the Holy Spirit. Even now, we have his promised precious Holy Spirit within us. As this story concludes, we see that Zechariah went back home to wait. Verse 23 tells about that. It says, real quick, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple is over, he returned home. It's where our story began at the beginning of the service. Here comes the message. I want you to listen to this last paragraph as I read this. All of God's words can and should be believed to come true in their appropriate time. From the beginning, God has been authoring a story that leads to salvation, deliverance, and rescue for all people who call upon His holy name. This is what Christmas is about. It's about the advent or the arrival of God. He's following through on his promise and oath to bring a deliverer, a Messiah. He's bringing a people who are in darkness into a new day of marvelous light. I want you to think back to that day you saw the light. Old song, I saw the light. It's who Jesus is. He's the light that was promised. When Zechariah could speak again, he did so with the song. And you'll read about that in Luke. Verses uh, 67 through 79 of chapter 1. We'll have that read here in just a moment. Advent begins with a song and hope. We see that God remembered, God is my oath, and God has been gracious. Let's look for that this season. Hope in God's promise is the beginning of Advent. As we close out this service today, uh, Matt's going to come up in just a few moments. And if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, he's going to invite that to happen in your life today. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior. Before we do that, we are going to celebrate the Advent season. Again, the the, the coming of our our Savior, the hope of of Jesus who is coming. And uh, Mike is going to read that particular scripture that I was just telling you about in Luke chapter 1. And as Christine lights the Advent candle. And I want you to hear the words of Zechariah's song. Because at this point of the story, they've had the child. So he can speak again. But I want you to listen to these words today as Mike comes and reads. And as Christine um, lights our Advent candle. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we, would, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father, Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will, be called, you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. 
because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Think of the emotion when Zechariah on this earth, (laughs) when Zechariah spoke those words. Think of the joy that Zechariah had had, had been experiencing. All the, the Old Testament prophecies were coming true. His son was going to prepare the way for the Savior of the world. Uh, Jesus was going to come and redeem his people, and, and Zechariah was going to experience it in his day. You know, if you look at um, the writer of Luke, uh, Luke was a, a doctor. Uh, he was educated. Uh, he was very detailed. Uh, Luke, uh, as a book from the Bible, it is the most fact-based book that we have in the Bible. So our Christianity, our religion, doesn't just say, close your eyes and believe. Investigate for yourself. Check out all these prophecies that have been fulfilled. It's not made up. It's real. It's real. And so may we have an opportunity today as we close out the service. Um, if you have not made a decision, now is the time. This is a new day. May we join with you. If you would, bow your heads and let us pray. Father God, the, the life that you've given us, Lord, is, is so precious. And I... Um, I'm thankful at this this season of this year and where we are at and, and just um, seeing how the Holy Spirit is just revealed to us, Lord. Father, I pray if there is an individual here today that has not made a decision for Christ, that if they would just repeat this after me, and it doesn't have to be out loud, but... Um, May it just be in their heart that they would, they would admit that they are a sinner, that they would recognize that all of us are sinner, and that we are saved by Jesus and what he has done. Would they believe that? Would they believe that out of Scripture we have this Jesus who came, born of a virgin, lived a, a sinless life, and died for us. He took our place. He died and he rose again. And us, us too, we, we, we share in that and um, just being with him, the resurrection. And may we commit our lives to follow Jesus and his teachings and his commands. Father God, I pray if there's an individual here today that they in confidence, in faith, that they would make that decision. And, and throughout that whole investigation process, if that is someone here or multiple people today, um, if they can't do that on their own, may we, 
may we feel, fill that gap and, and may they come forward today and I will be available to pray with them. There's also elders here. There's um, Pastor David and Stasha and God, we need to do this life together. We know that. Help us to live that out, Lord. May we have a blessed day just shining your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.